0: so um for new communities it's absolutely incredible to be with you here today um, I am so excited to be able to share the first um, the first session for this camp so good so um, I realize some of you may not know me. Um, as I said, my name is Danyan. Uh, my family is from Malaysia. Uh, my ancestors are from China, i further back from that. And I work at Blueprint alongside Rose. Um, now, as some of you may know, this week's theme is hope, uh, particularly around um, climate change. But in particular, I'm speaking about hope today. And when I think about hope, I think about this little story of me when I'm eight years old. Um, and when I was eight, I went to Canada. My parents studied in Canada, so we went back to visit where, where they studied. Um, it's mid-April, I believe, um, I'm eight, and it's the middle of spring there, right? But little Malaysian Danian had heard that Canada has snow, right? I heard that there was snow, and I hadn't experienced snow before, and I didn't really understand the concept of spring, we don't really have that in Malaysia, so spring was also another factor to be dealt with, and I really wanted to see snow. So I tell my Canadian Nana this. I'm like, um, her her name's Audrey. Audrey Nana, um, I wanna see snow. She's like, it's mid spring, Daniel. No one wants to see snow here, and it's not gonna happen, right? And and but I, I sit at the window and wait. I wait and wait and wait. And I, I for some reason something deep inside me knew it would snow in the middle of spring. And so it starts raining, right? It starts raining, and I I don't know what snow is still, but by the way. So I run back in, I'm like, it's snowing. They're like, and so they come back out and they're like. It's rain, <laughs> and I, I, wait, I wait again, and I wait and wait, and I remember praying, uh, praying for this, and then I see this rain following, 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 falling, and eventually it turns into snow. And I remember just running out um, and playing in the snow. I was ecstatic. The Canadians weren't because they had just got over It was. It's Winnipeg, it's the coldest city in the world, the snow gets up to like here, it's ridiculous. And so they're like sick of snow, but there's this two Malaysian, my mom and me, just playing in the snow outside. Like <laughs> um, and, and often I think about this type of hope, this type of hope, um, yeah, this type of hope that comes from like deep knowing. Um, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. Um, but first I want to wind back, um, wind back, you know, a few years. Um, to the promise God made to Abraham. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, in, In Genesis 16, it reads, And the Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be your blessing. Now, for those who don't know the Abraham story, um, God promises Abraham that he will be the father of many nations and that um, Sarah, his wife, would bear a child. And at this stage, they're both very old. And Abraham's response to this, to God saying to this, the Bible says, is Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Now, I don't know about you, but I... The, the concept of falling face down laughing is quite extreme. Like, I have never laughed that hard before. Like That is quite, like, uh, there must be some translation cultural thing there, but I would choose to believe that Abraham was just planked along the ground, just laughing and giggling. But then we also hear later that Sarah laughs about it, all right? And, but they laugh because it was ridiculous, right? It seemed impossible. It seemed improbable. It seemed impossible. Which leads me to point one, which is that our God is a God who makes promises that seem impossible. It's easy, it's so easy to read the Bible in hindsight, right? We know Abraham and Sarah have a child, right? um, We know that Moses eventually leads his people out of Egypt, um, in captivity in Egypt. But then the the scholars suggest that um, Israel was in captivity for about 200 years at this stage. Everyone alive had been born into that captivity, So, when God appears to Moses in the form of a burning bush, which style points, um, and says, I have heard them crying because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering, so I've come to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them out of a land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. You have to wonder why Moses didn't fall face down on the ground laughing, right? the Bible is so full of accounts of the promises that God makes that not only seem improbable seem impossible the virgin birth Christ's death and resurrection and my most famous ridiculous um moment which is when God tells Jake uh, sorry tells Joshua tells Joshua to march around the walls of Jericho to make it and play trumpet or something and so it would come down right like, if tomorrow, if, if tonight uh, the Wheels team prophesies over me that I need to march around Wellington City, like, like I'm going to laugh, like, I'm going to laugh face down, you know? Um, <laughs> but I, too, have, a, I, I think I have, um, I wanted, I was thinking about this um, kind of improbable, impossible story, and, and I guess, li- like I said, we, it's easy to read these things in hindsight, right? And, but in the moment, for these people, it seems entirely impossible. And for me, um, I just was reflecting on what promises that have been pre- spoken over my life that I feel have felt impossible um, at that time, and to be honest, still, still today. Um, so some people um, know a bit of my story, but um, basically I, I lived in Auckland, um, was born in Takapuna, whoo, Takapuna. Um, I, so I moved um, to Auckland, uh, from to Wellington, um, partially because I felt a draw here, but because of um, a whole bunch of different things, was a bit burnt out, was quite burnt out. Um, had quite shaky mental health. And as I was about to move down to Wellington, uh, my church prayed over me. And and then I got this message from this lady in the church who I've spoken to once, maybe. And um and it was I wasn't even friends with her on Facebook, so it came up in the um you know the uh, like unread messages list that you kind of like sits there for a long time. Um, so but it read um and and I read this not because like. I need you guys know about this, but I think just the feeling that I have that this is the most kind of felt the most impossible thing. Um, But it read, as you go forth in my name, I will go before you. I'll go before you and prepare the way for you. You are there by my design and I will show you what you must do. You are key player in the plan for this nation. I've trained you for this time and will give you a wisdom that is not from this world, but it's from me. Stay tuned to my voice, my son. Listen to me daily. For without me, you are nothing. Um, no yeah i don't read this to you to increase my money in any way i read this to you because then and even now this promise seems impossible to me particularly the part that says you are a key player in the plan for this nation what me (laughs) but i know i know so deep down this unshakable feeling that this is the promise the lord has for me which leads to point two we live knowing that god will fulfill her promises to us and that is what we call hope So when I was told the theme for Campus Hope, and I was speaking the first session, I did what any good researcher would do. I typed into Google, Hope Bible Project. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it worked. Um, uh, Otherwise, I wouldn't tell you. Uh, But... um, Uh, and I highly recommend the video, by the way, Hope, incredible video. I, I won't go through it, but it goes through the kind of etymology of the words, and, and, and I, I love that stuff, um, so, um, but, but basically, it draws a distinction between optimism and hope. What um, the video says, optimism is seeing what is the best outcome in the circumstances. It looks at the circumstances we have and says, what is the best outcome we can see coming from these circumstances? But it says hope, at least biblical hope, is not the same. It's not focused on the circumstances. Rather, biblical hope is where we can see no evidence that things can be better, but we choose hope anyways. We choose hope anyways. Paul in Galatians 4.18 basically preaches the same sermon, so I'm just going to do it. But um, (laughs) He says, against all hope, Abraham hoped, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening his face, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was 100 years old, and his Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Abraham, according to Paul, was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised, and so he held to the hope. One of my favorite, absolute favorite passages in the Psalms is Psalm 130, um, and in verses five to six, the psalmist writes, "I wait for the Lord; my whole being awaits, and His word I put, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for morning; more than watchmen wait for morning." The job of the watchmen was to watch and warn the town people of impending threats, and again, through my extensive Google. Research, the first link I clicked. Um, <laughs> it says that um, the, the morning is when, and I think this is kind of logical, but the morning is when the shift change happens, right? And while the y- watchmen are there waiting for morning, as they're yearning for morning, the watchmen also know the morning is coming, right? They are certain as they wait for morning that the morning will come. Why? Because they have seen a hundred sunrises and they know that the sun will rise again the past faithfulness of God motivates our hope for the future. God has been faithful, um, the promises of restoration in my life, and if you look around this room and you talk to the people here, you'll know that it's been true for a lot of people around here as well. The stories in the Bible, the stories around us, the stories of faithfulness in our own lives are testaments that mean we know that God will continue to fulfill her promises, no matter how impossible it seems. When we stand up and we do the Eucharist, we declare that Christ has died Christ has risen, the promises, um, past promises that have been fulfilled, and then we say Christ will come again, a future promise we live into. This is true for our lives, but I think this is true for a wider um, than as well. Um, I, I currently work as a lawyer in the Waitangi Tribunal. Um, attempting to hold the government to account for breaches of the or Waitangi, And I can tell you now, every day, I work in a space that feels increasingly and overwhelmingly hopeless. I see my colleagues live in this hopelessness and this despair of this. But I live in hope. I live in hope as I know I serve a God that will fulfill her promise, the promise to restore all things. I know that despite what the circumstances look like, I don't need to be optimistic. I have to live in hope. So point one, our God is a God who makes promises that seem impossible. And point two, we live knowing that God will fulfill her promises, and that is what we call hope. I'm also very thirsty today. Thanks. Um, But what does living into this hope mean? And it's easy then to say, well, God will come through, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to work towards the promises God has given, right? It's this tension we have with hope, right? That if we know that God is going to come through. That, does that not mean we have to do anything. But when you look at the promise um, that God makes to Abraham, he says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Some other translation: so that you will be a blessing. Borrowing from the earnest and um, possibly slightly naff saying that we hear in churches, um, we're blessed to be a blessing. Come on. Which leads to point three, where the promises, with these promises, God blesses us and gives us a responsibility wider than ourselves. God frees Moses and the Israelites from Egypt and was given a promised land. Then God gives them very specific rules and things to live by. When Abraham is blessed with a child, he's given a covenant to bless the earth. What, um, if you read the passage, when God gives Abraham this promise, he first says, As for me, this is my covenant with you you will be the father of many nations. Then he gives the promise, and then he says, as for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. There is a responsibility that comes with God's blessing and promises to us. God first blesses Abraham with the longing of his heart and the promise God has for him. Then God says, here is your responsibility. Here is your covenant. Abraham's blessing to be the father of many nations also has the responsibility to hold his covenant with God. Right at the beginning, at Genesis 1, God creates humankind, and, it, and he says, God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. God blesses humankind and gives them the responsibility wider than itself themselves. God blesses us and gives the responsibility from the very beginning. It's the very nature of our relationship with God. So when we live into hope, we live into the responsibility that, is, that comes with God's blessing. We are blessed and give responsibility wider than ourselves. So I live in hope. I live in hope that Christ will restore all things. And so I act to pursue peace and reconciliation on earth, to care for creation, to live into the responsibility and covenant that comes with God's blessings and promises. So point one, our God is a God who makes promises that seem impossible. Point two, we live knowing that God will fulfill her promises, and that is what we call hope. And point three, with these promises, God blesses us and gives us responsibility wider than ourselves.